Jobless claims higher than expected. We go over the trade imbalance on U.S. factory order data. We cover the biggest analyst calls of the day. Datadog further partners with AWS in the NFT market passes the $40 billion mark in 2021. This is the Running With The Money briefing. Let's get into it. And we are back. Welcome to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing, powered by Pounding The Table. Either way, where in the world are the markets today? Well, they are steadily moving to the upside. Not all too much, definitely not covering the downside we saw yesterday, but definitely moving to the upside with the Dow Jones up 13 points, NASDAQ up 85, and the S&P 500 up 20. So definitely a little bit of rebounding we are getting today in the broader markets. You go sector by sector, group by group, and what we see is energy is once again outperforming today. That sector up 1.9%. Meanwhile, the lagging sector is in utilities down 0.22%. And the second worst performing sector is basic materials down 0.17%. Meanwhile, Communication services is the second best performing sector up 1.4%. So this is all something to note here. Definitely some interesting data there. And also, before we get into the nitty gritty of the headlines and economic data and biggest analyst calls, I do want to cover um, these 52-week highs to 52-week lows and also these one-month highs to one-month lows. So you take a look at the broader market today and we are seeing 474 new 52-week lows. Meanwhile, we're only seeing 89 new 52-week highs. And then also when you go on a one-month basis, we see 1,157 one-month lows today overall compared to 352 highs. And then if you really shift into this data, into the NASDAQ, what we are seeing is 384 new 52-week lows on the NASDAQ compared to 38 new 52-week highs. While at the same time, you are seeing 856 new lows on a one-month basis on the NASDAQ in just 164 new highs here within the NASDAQ. So this is awesome to pay attention to, those lows outpacing highs by quite a bit, not only market-wide, but also isolated um, in, in the worst comparison within the NASDAQ. Now, shifting into the biggest headlines of the day, we 100% have to cover these jobless claims data. So when you take a look at these jobless claims, they total 207,000 for the week ended January 1, and that is higher than the 195,000 estimate that we got uh, for this release. Now, we also have to note that this is 7,000 more than the previous week. So when you look at this jobless claims data, it came in higher than expected, and it also was ahead of the previous week. So not necessarily something the market wanted to see when it comes to jobless claims data data. Now, we also take a look at continuing claims, and those uh, actually climbed to 1.75 million, so that is also up or slightly higher. That's an increase of 36,000, so that is something to note, but going back to these weekly jobless claims, what we see is that four-week moving average of these claims actually nudged higher the 204,500, but they are still averaging around 215,000 or below that 215,000 level uh, that we were seeing consistently 
pre-pandemic. So that is also something to know. So these numbers definitely aren't terrible, but we did see a slight increase when it comes to these jobless claims, not something the market necessarily wanted to see. Now, we also take a look at the trade imbalance. We got some data on that front. So per Bloomberg, the U.S. trade deficit for goods and services that did indeed jump 80.2 billion or jumped to 80.2 billion, my bad, in November. And that is an increase from October's $67.2 billion. So that is all something to know. So the U.S. trading balance for goods and services jumped to $80.2 billion in November. That's an increase from the October level of $67.2 billion, but it is still below the Dow Jones estimate for this November reading that was expected of $81.5 billion. So some slightly positive news, I guess you could say there, but it is still a pretty darn sizable number when it comes to this U.S. trade imbalance. Now we also take a look And the total brought the trade shortfall close to September's record of $81.4 billion. So a record was set. And we also saw or nearly set here. A record was set in September of $81.4 billion. We came just shy of that in November. And we did indeed see the deficit increase within China, with Europe, uh, or the European Union, you could say, and Canada. So those are all things to know when looking at the United States trade and the trade imbalance. Definitely not uh, a huge amount of positives on that front. And then we also take a look at U.S. factory orders. So taking a look at these U.S. factory orders, we do see, according to the Commerce Department this morning, that factory orders did indeed rise 1.6% in November. So that wasn't a terrible number. You take a look at the estimate, and it was 1.5%. So this metric did beat the expectations. Factory orders did indeed, that 1.6% rise in November was higher than what was expected. And on a year-over-year basis, they're up 12.9%. Now, the October data for factory orders was also actually revised higher to 1.2% growth instead of 1% growth as previously reported. So that is also something to note and definitely a net positive on that front. And then rounding out this data that we got this morning out of the Commerce Department, shipments of manufactured goods increased 0.7% in November, and that was after a surge of 2% in October. So not an outstanding number there, but definitely still an increase. And then we also saw inventories at factories rise 0.7% and unfilled orders increased by 0.7% after gaining 0.3% in the prior month. And that is all data um, that you just kind of want to know. It's really not that big of a deal um, unless you're trading something directly correlated to it, but typically um, the many are not. But that is your macro update when it comes to this data. U.S. factory orders, trade imbalance, and jobless claims data all coming in kind of meh, kind of neutral, um, not fantastic, not great. Now, digging into the biggest analyst calls of the day, we had RBC naming Amazon and Uber top picks for 2022. RBC went on to go and say, We look to three core characteristics that instruct our thinking and favorite ideas in Amazon, Uber, BKNG, and CARG. Number one, a product and cycle story over and above the respective end market's underlying secular thesis. Amazon's capacity investments starting to bear fruit moving through 2022. Uber's mobility rebound and profitability potentially inflecting at the same time. So RBC definitely liking what they're seeing when it comes to product and cycle here um, with Amazon and Uber throughout 2022, naming the two companies top picks for the year. 
We also had Evercore ISI upgrading lows to outperform from in line. The firm went on to say, quote, we are upgrading lows to outperform, adding lows to our long list of outperform rated home related companies. Lowe's turnaround was in place pre-COVID and with nesting trends cementing themselves, Lowe's is setting up as a compounder trading at a discount. So Evercore ISI believes Lowe's is trading at a discount and that their rebound has been successful. We also have JP Morgan reiterating Netflix as overweight today. JP Morgan went on to say, quote, our overall positive view on Netflix certainly doesn't change on a few million subs across two quarters, but our 2022 net ads revert to 21.5 million, almost exactly where we had them three months ago and below current Bloomberg consensus of 24.6 million, which stubbornly has not come down over the past several months. So JP Morgan reiterating Netflix is overweight, but reverting here their sub estimates. A very interesting call on the JP Morgan on Netflix. Shifting into Goldman Sachs, naming JP Morgan and Bank of America top picks for 2022. Goldman Sachs going on to say, quote, we also see their capital markets performing as well positioned for normalization. Bank of America's is more skewed to corporates than to institutional investors. And JP Morgan's has continued to take share from European peers to and to benefit from years of investment. Goldman Sachs liking JP Morgan and Bank of America, saying that Bank of America's market is more skewed towards corporates than to institutions, and that JP Morgan has been gaining some share from Europe. A very interesting call out of Goldman Sachs, basically naming JP Morgan and Bank of America top picks for the year. We also had UBS today naming Disney a top pick for 2022. The firm went on to say, quote, Disney is our preferred media name as we believe DTC sub growth has bottomed and expect new market launches and a fuller content slate to drive improved DTC ads or net ads into investor sentiment over the next 12 months. UBS believing that sub growth is going to expand over at Disney throughout 2022, naming it a top pick for the year. We had Bank of America today upgrading Coinbase to buy from neutral. The firm going on to say, quote, we are upgrading Coinbase to buy from neutral. The main fundamental reason for the rating change is we have been observing increasing signs of revenue diversification beyond retail crypto trading, a trend we think could accelerate in 2022 and beyond. Bank of America liking what they see over at Coinbase, especially when it comes to that revenue diversification, and therefore they are upgrading the name uh, from neutral to buy. Finally, we have two more calls left. We had Wells Fargo initiating coverage of CrowdStrike as overweight. We did see a lot of cybersecurity names garnering upgrades throughout the day. Wells Fargo goes on to say when speaking on CrowdStrike, we believe CrowdStrike is well-positioned to continue taking share from both legacy and next-gen vendors. The company offers one of the most comprehensive platforms in the industry, comprised of 21 modules, which can address a $67 billion market opportunity. Some big-time stuff coming out of Wells Fargo, initiating coverage of CrowdStrike as overweight. And then finally, we had Bank of America downgrading Goldman Sachs to neutral from buy today. That was a sizable call and a very popular one uh, when it came out this morning. Bank of America goes on to say, we downgrade our rating on Goldman Sachs GS to neutral as we see limited potential for upside surprises in a moderating capital markets backdrop. Bank of America not necessarily liking what they see when it comes to the capital markets and the upside in Goldman Sachs. 
downgraded the name to neutral from buy. Now, shifting into the final headlines of the day, I want to shift in to this headline out of Datadog, further partnering with Amazon Web Services. The company announced today in this, in essence, further agreement, this global strategic partnership between the two companies is to provide observability and security solutions. So according to this partnership or throughout this partnership, users can benefit from Datadog's full stack security across all layers of their cloud platform and enhance security signals with Datadog managed threat intelligence feeds. According to Tip Ranks, we did get commentary out of Datadog on this partnership, specifically from Senior Vice President of Product and Community at Datadog, Ian Romanovich. He goes on to say, quote, this extended partnership with AWS will help speed the pace of innovation for customers using AWS and Datadog. And we are excited to provide deeper product alignment and go-to-market initiatives to ultimately benefit our customers. So a very interesting partnership and a further partnership between Datadog and Amazon Web Services. Definitely something to pay attention to. And the stock did indeed see a positive reaction um, to this partnership this morning. And then finally, I want to touch on the NFT market. We always try to bring in a crypto-related headline or a DeFi-related headline, whatever it is, within that world. And today, it happens to be surrounded NFTs. So according to a recent study at a chain analysis, the NFT market passed $41 billion worth of cryptocurrency, and they are measuring this by the amount of cryptocurrency that was sent to two types of Ethereum smart contracts associated with NFT marketplaces and collections. And this data was compiled from the beginning of 2021 through mid-December, and their number came out at roughly $41 billion, or just about $41 billion. So the NFT market, according to chain analysis, uh, surpassed $40 billion. Can you believe that? $40 billion um, throughout 2021. And really, a lot of people are using this as justification to say that this name is only growing more valid as more and more money flows through it and into it. So that is definitely something to note. But some very interesting data out of chain analysis per Bloomberg. Um, but that is the show. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Running With The Money Briefing. We will be back, of course, tomorrow to close out the week, go over the biggest headlines of the week, biggest headlines of the day, biggest emails, calls, and much more. In the meantime, go get my boys over at Pounding The Table and my fellow team members a listen at Pounding the Table on Spotify or anywhere you listen to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. And please, please, please go give me and my team a listen at Running With The Money on Facebook or Instagram or at Luke Donay on Twitter. Eat, sleep, profit, trade on, and I will see you tomorrow.